right, here we go. Cofield and Company on a Monday. Adam Hill is the company. Ari is here in the Finley Toyota Studios running things. A lot of college basketball today. We got some uh, big name hires, uh, one certainly connected in the past to UNLV. We can talk about that. Uh, speaking of UNLV basketball, just saw a little while ago that a second player went into the transfer portal. So we'll uh, cover that in about 15, 20 minutes. But Adam is here. What's up, Adam? Not much. I'm good. Just uh, had a pretty wild experience at a uh, at a local spot in town, which uh, was uncomfortable, but we can maybe get into that at some point later on. Uh, good day, though. Good day. Uh, bracket contest update. I'm not good. I have nine of the Sweet 16. If you want to go check your results, lvsportsnetwork.com. That's our March Mania bracket contest with $2,500 from Dollar Loan Center. Also, a staycation at... South Point, that's worth upwards of a thousand bucks. So uh, I am way back of first. I am sixty sixth. I got nine of the Sweet Sixteen. I do have three and still left in the Final Four, which might be a little bit of an upset considering how tough a time the the ones had. But yeah, overall, I only got twenty nine of forty eight games correct. Uh, I'm not going to do. No one has this because people have it. Uh, but it's been a very unpredictable tournament, and just like it's been the last couple of years. The bottom and middle of college basketball is getting squeezed closer to the top. And some of the top teams, I mean, frankly, I think you look at it, the two biggest flops coming out of the weekend are probably Purdue and Kansas. But I expected both to have a rough time because I never thought Purdue was real good. I talk to you all the time on the air and off the air about Zach Eadie and, you know, the kind of offense they run and what they can do on defense. And if you drag the guy out to deep waters and we'll get the FDU and what they did, uh, and also, they have, they have young guards. So, that, to me, that's not a, a good mix. And I thought – I think it's interesting. And I really haven't heard anyone else say this. But I thought Kansas was overseeded as a one. They were mad that they weren't in their region. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't even been a one if we're going to be consistent with how we see the tournament. Uh, going into this tournament, what happens when you see a team that has an injured player – they're not going to be seated as high, especially if there's a couple of games of evidence of the effect on the team. The same thing should happen with coaches, but the committee would be afraid to do that. You know, if you didn't know, Self had a heart procedure. I think he's got a stint uh, that got put in. Well, he wasn't available to coach. And last week I mentioned it four or five times, and it's like, well, they already know. No, that, on game day, like, they're already prepped. No, 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 no. Norm Roberts on game day, if Norm Roberts were Bill Self, then he would have – a $5 million a year job, and I just figured going into the tournament that if your coach is iffy and not available, that it was going to have an effect on the team. So both of those teams, are, I think, are two of the bigger flops. And then we can go through some of the other teams that were a disaster because they got put in nice positions, and then they still couldn't overcome a lower seed. It was a crazy tournament. Yeah, I would say I think you're right, except for the fact that I'm pretty sure that Kansas told the committee that Self was going to be there. Of course. And so just, I, I think lie. that's yeah. the issue. I think if yeah. they, they would have told him that he wasn't, then they could have taken that into consideration. But um, it, it was interesting with uh, uh, being at the uh, the Pac-12 tournament. And, you know, obviously we can – we all talk about the fact that UCLA is here in Vegas. They made it here. And they had some injury concerns coming in. And Mick Cronin told the media, you guys don't matter. I don't have to tell you the truth of what's going on. He's like, if the committee asks me, and I'm sure they will, I'll tell them the truth about our injuries, but I'm not telling you. Right. So I, I, he was kind of making the case of, hey, the committee does ask. They do take these things into consideration. 
and he was suggesting that he was going to be honest with them about what that was. But I, I have to think that uh, when the committee asked, or if they did, which I'm guessing they probably did, is Bill Self going to be available? I'm sure they said yes. And 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 it worked the, almost the other way of, hey, Kansas lost in the Big 12 tournament, but they take into consideration that Bill Self wasn't there. So it almost, they almost got the benefit of that. Right, of the lie. And then, and then, and then had you know most likely uh, we don't know, but most likely said yeah he's going to be back for the tournament because that's what they said publicly, and then he wasn't. So yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of moving pieces for sure. Where's your bracket? Uh, it's terrible, but I also I, I will point out to you like you're actually not doing bad. You're doing great, and I I, I love this because I well, you the know, fact that I have three left of course for the final and, and four so, I still have a chance to make so a big when, comeback. Yeah, when people talk about the I I. I love doing brackets. I love doing, right. but I also hate talking about them because you hear people, oh, I'm at the, I'm doing terrible. I did that. And I'm like, where you are in the standings is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. The only number that matters in almost all pools that shows you possible points, right. that's what matters. Not not where you are in the standings right now. And you're you're doing great. Three of the four still alive. Um, and I would imagine, you know, you said nine of the Sweet 16, you have a bunch of possibilities to win in this upcoming round. So that's what's relevant to a pool. Yeah, Willie Q and JBT are on the uh, the front page leaderboard, which I think is the top 50 up at LVSportsNetwork.com. So, yeah, bracket contest. Let's see. Doesn't F- Willie have Duke, Indiana, and Kansas in the Final Four? His Final Four, <laughs> he does have Alabama, Duke, Kansas, Indiana. You're right. So he's so. got three teams out. So great okay. job being on the first page. It <laughs> doesn't matter. Well, he didn't send it over like bragging. Uh, let's see. JBT. John Von Tobel had Alabama, Duke, Houston, Gonzaga. Okay. Uh, yours was Alabama, Purdue, Texas, Gonzaga. Okay. And then uh, Ari had Baylor, Purdue, Houston, UCLA. So, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. You and I both have three available, right? Decent shape. So does JVT. Decent shape. I should say that I tried to change out Houston and UCLA because you talked so much about the injuries, but uh, I didn't hit the save button. So my my change bracket would have been nice. a total disaster. What do you think of the after you story? Uh, it, it was fun. Absolutely, it was, I mean it was. A, it was a I fun mean, a sixteen over one for the second time in history. Yeah, is pretty monumental. And again, I don't want to say like I wasn't surprised, but I just didn't like Purdue going into the tournament. I didn't expect a Division two coach with a bunch of Division two transfers with no one really over six five to be able to knock off Purdue. And, and and actually look like the more confident team down the sure. stretch. Especially the way it happened that if if you thought, okay, they're playing the smallest team in the tournament on average. They don't have a player over 6'6". Six, six. Like, how are they going to stop Zach Eady? The answer is they're not. Zach Eady dominated. He might have had the best performance of any player in this tournament. He dominated yeah. the game. But you, nobody else did anything. You let him get his, and when you're yeah. quadruple teaming him and he pitches it out to wide open freshmen and they can't hit anything, they have no, no shot to win the game. It's not even can't hit anything. They stopped shooting. They stopped, yeah, They, they, they were scared. Them. They were all nervous. They were pass-up shots. They weren't taking them, and that's what happened. And and I thought the most impressive part of it was I, you know, I thought for sure throughout the whole, I was like, okay, Purdue's going to take over. And at the end of the first half, they did. They took over. They pulled away. And they let them back in. And then midway through the second half, they did it again. Pulled away. FTU came back in. Those were the spots that I said, okay, that is the most surprising because you you always think as the game is close to out, you say, okay, at some point the better team is going to take over. And by the way. We say this all the time. Purdue's the better team. They play well, this 100 is... times. Purdue wins 98. What? I know. They played head-to-head. What I do know. you mean? I know. Now, this is my favorite argument. and I've, I've definitely moved towards your side of things that tournaments don't mean a whole lot in terms of judging 
a whole season. The whole season is what matters. Yeah. And so, I mean, how, what do we want to do? What what conclusion do we want to make out of this, right? Uh, Mountain West sucks. FDU right? would have won the Big Ten. Yeah. FDU would have won the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. the, big, the best team in the Big Ten yeah. couldn't win against a 16. Yeah. That means the entire Big Ten sucks. And FDU lost 15 games this year. Because huh. I, I, I got in a little discussion last Thursday about, like, what makes a good program because someone was saying San Diego State's the only good program. I'm like, no, Utah State and Boise State are good programs. Boise just hasn't broken through. Leon Rice hasn't broken through. I also think one of the reasons that the Mountain West has had a tough time recently is I think they're usually underseeded. And I think the Big East is overseeded. Um, and I kind of question this is not a Big East team. You called your Owls of Florida Atlantic your team, or the Florida Atlantic uh, Owls your team. I thought they were a bit overseeded. But here's the thing. They were supposed to play a one. Yeah. And they, they didn't have to. Why do you like FAU? Oh, uh, a good friend of mine, one of my uh, trivia teammates and a studio producer over at the RJ, uh, Dre, is a uh, is a FAU alum and a huge oh, really? fan. By the way, th- this is not a just jumping on the bandwagon. This huh? is not a jump on the bandwagon. He has he popular choice now, huh? He talks about like the twelfth man on the team not all really. year. Like yeah. we have to hear about it all year long. And normally you're probably like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Um, and so uh, yeah, obviously with FAU getting the tournament, uh, a couple of us got together. We ordered. FAU gear. We got a flag. Oh, we yeah? got a banner. Uh, we, had, we were rocking the T-shirts yesterday and and uh, on Friday night, and uh, and got super into it and kind of adopted FAU. And then obviously them playing a 16 team yesterday was like made it extra fun. But yeah, we uh, we've been all over FAU all weekend, so it was a fun little fun little ride. I'm hoping it continues. It'd be fun uh, to see them mar- march through New York City. I don't know that it's going to happen, but uh, it'll be fun to watch for sure. I feel like you'd be out of place in the FAU community. You're not a Boca guy. I think I am. You are? You Del think? Boca Vista. No. Stage two. Was that actually Stage in Boca? Two. I think it was. Okay. I assume, I always assumed it was. You know, you know Boca's a, a bit ritzy. Sure. Yeah. You know that. I'm a ritzy guy. <laughs> That's what I meant. You're not. <laughs> I fit right in. How'd you do on the betting front? Well, the best is, so since I was wearing an FAU shirt and I was walking I was walking out of uh, where we were watching the games on Friday, yeah. and multiple people came up like, hey, congratulations, where's your school at? And I'm like, Boca, we have Boca. Yeah, yeah I know. Like, I'm not. It's not my school. I also had a UNLV hat on with my FAU shirt, so I, you know, it was a little, little tricky. But uh, sorry, what, what was what was your question? I said, how'd you do betting? Oh, it was the mo- It was a wild up and down ride. It's it's one. Of, it was streaky. Thursday was awful. Friday was amazing. I literally could not lose. Saturday morning terrible. Saturday evening great. Yesterday morning awesome. And I decided, you know what? I am up. I am up in this tournament. Yeah, this Uh-oh. is great. I love Gonzaga. You started pounding. Let's it. go! Oh no, I didn't know you were on it. All the winnings. We're gonna have fun and laugh at everyone who bet Gonzaga. And but I had no only, idea. Oh my god! Not only did I put all the winnings on Gonzaga in a much much bigger bet than I'm comfortable with or would ever do, but it was all profit. So let's go. Uh, I also got a fantastic number on the game. <laughs> so let's tell, go. Tell people what happened. Uh. I got I got a minus four on the game, which most people, almost everybody, got a four and a half that played it either way, uh, and it was a total and complete meltdown. Starting, you know, a lot of people looked at the last shot of the game. Uh, that's been replayed, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times everywhere on TV, on the internet, everywhere. Uh, that <laughs> that Gonzaga made two free throws to go up six with point seven seconds left, and uh, it, the ball was rolled down the floor. And not picked up until it got close to the three-point line because Gonzaga was already in the handshake line. The players on the floor left the floor to go to the handshake line. So they allowed the ball to roll all the way down the court. 
and then just scooped up and shot for a three at the buzzer. One of the craziest point spread outcomes you'll ever see. Um, I saw people talking about, well, they should have fouled in the first place. Yeah, they should have. Now, it got weird because there was four seconds left. They tried to foul down four. They missed him, and they finally did foul, but there was less than a second left. So why would they even foul at that point? Because there was four seconds left. Don't say there was less than a second. There's four seconds left. Right. You do foul. They fouled. Go to. But people are forgetting the play just before that, which was a drive to the basket in a seven-point game and a kick out from the layup to a three, which took a couple extra seconds, got them an extra point, probably the right way to go, but they could have just laid it in and it wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have mattered. And then just before that, Julian Straw, their local hero, who just had a complete – Melt, I thought meltdown in the second half in general, but in a moment where he's under the basket up seven, he just kind of hands it away for a layup to cut it from seven to five with 13 seconds left, which didn't matter to the outcome, but certainly mattered to a lot of people that bet on the game. So it was a wild, wild last second, but it was a completely wild final 13 seconds to get the cover. Well, we got the Sweet 16 West Regional here. We've been building towards this thing for a while at the Fortress. Uh, remember, if you're not going to the game and you want to listen Sweet 16 games will be on both the game. That's our 1230 The Game station. Those will, uh, those early games will be on there. And then once Cofield and Company is off on Thursday and Friday, the uh, late games will be right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ. Or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. I'm not going to call myself an idiot. I'm very observant during the breaks and during the games. But I'm... The only person on the show who really watches the commercials during the NCAA tournament because if you pay attention and you're in a big room and you're watching all four games at a time, you see these commercials 50 million times. They're always on a TV, and that right there is the jingle of this year for the NCAA tournament. Uh, NJ Michaels, Sandwich Place, with the arm of the slicer. Done to Eye of the Tiger. Not the best ever, but boy, that's good. First of all, just under your commercial point before you get to it, uh, to both places that I was at a lot this weekend, unbelievable job with the sound. Oh, yeah. They would Immediate, switch that. Immediately switching. They would switch. You never hear a commercial. Never. That's and good. Most places don't do that. And it's a lot of work. Especially yesterday, there was World Baseball Classic. There was yep. NIT, CBI. There was all these. There was Lakers. The Lakers game was on. There was all kinds of games. There was never any reason to watch a commercial. We're gonna. I saw a breakdown today. Yeah. Of somebody wrote up a could the Stephen Adams commercial actually happen? And I said I I don't even know what that means. Oh, you don't? No. It's um. Here's the thing with Lily. She's not good. Well, they what, they basically she, I she I got think pregnant. I think what happens. And, it's, you know, it's good for the performer. I'll call her a performer. What happens a lot of times with these commercials, these pitch people, like, they get unbelievable deals. Like, I can't even imagine what flow is paid yeah. for the insurance commercial. Yeah. Um, Mayhem, that guy, and he's, like, sure. a real actor. He yeah. was he was in Oz and I think The Wire. Um, and a lot of, uh, what's it called, uh, not blank, Law and Order. Right, okay. but I think Lily like cut herself a deal where she's—I don't know what she's a producer, the writer. Like some of them are just really bad. Although, so you still don't—you don't know what that commercial's about? 
The Steven Adams one? Yeah. I saw him like holding. Like, so he's people? got his arms out. He's obviously gigantic. He's 7'1", 325. He's got two people sitting on his arm, right? Watching. You know, I don't even pay attention enough to see what they're watching. Maybe the tournament, right? And then she comes around and she's like, oh, can I get up there and, and do and watch? And she lifts herself from the ground up on his shoulders, which I think that's an impossibility. Yeah, it's like tall. a front pull up. Unless he's sitting. He doesn't, he, they don't show him, he doesn't get down to a knee and then lift her up now. Yeah, maybe he's sitting. That's but, I li- see, yeah, but I like that people are into the commercials like I am. Yeah. I hadn't so even thought, well, no, I did say it. I was watching with the SO and I was like, do you really think she could lift herself up like this onto his shoulders? And, well, like, and by the way, sit there. Now that you explain it, I think the, the question was, could he actually hold three people like that? I want to know the tech of how they even do it. No, I don't think he could. That's, for, that's like strongman contest. Man, that's like strong, the mountain. Strong dude. Like 250-pound males on each arm. Oh, there are big people? I thought there were little people. I said 150-pound males. That's not big. You said 250. Oh, two 150. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I thought you said 250. No, pounds. they were not little people. Okay. Two 150-pound people. Uh, that'd be tough. That's and to have her And, and she, then she's going to get on your shoulders. Yeah, that's rough. Actually, on the shoulders, like you probably could do for a little bit. But it's actually more on the person who's holding themselves up. Yeah, that's. I mean, look, it, it, there's a lot of logistical. I'll research it tonight. Okay. I miss there. Are so I, I, I really appreciate commercials because there's little things in the commercials that you don't realize. Like, okay, we know what the the best jingle of all time during March Madness is. I'm not even going to acknowledge that this is a real thing. So many shrimp, you'll want to plan a three-hour tour, a three-hour tour. So join us here this week, my friend. It's time for eating good. Shrimp sensations new at Applebee's in your neighborhood. Pretty good, right? They're great. Yeah, the Applebee's shrimp commercial with the tour and in the neighborhood. Those guys, didn't they have other hits? Remember, they had a couple of songs. I don't. Maybe they did. I wanted to look them up to see if they actually had a career beyond that commercial. No, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful song. I mean, there was other hits in commercials, I feel like. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. And the same, like, there was, like, a series of Applebee's commercials. Yeah. So. so I'm probably off on this. You're right. Most people don't watch the commercials at all. No, we've advanced as a This is, to me, commercials are camping. Like, we've advanced as a society. I watch them all the time. Them. Do you also camp? So I've cut out camping, but I haven't cut out commercials. Okay. Well, on most apps, they won't let you. Most uh, you know subscriptions, they won't let you fast forward anyway. So you watch them. I, I mean, I love radio commercials, and I think everybody should stay tuned and listen to them. But I just think TV commercials, nice we have moved past. Other people on the show might have said, I hate radio commercials, too. <laughs> good, good, good catch. I love them. <laughs> really great. good catch. Very catchy. All right, so the West Regional. Boy, the tickets are going to be hard to get. Yeah. I, have, I had a friend reach out earlier. You're not thinking that I'm covering it, but I'll, I'll be over there on Thursday and Friday, uh, especially after Cofield and Company, because we're at Silver Sevens. But I had a friend reach out to me. He's like, oh, do you want to go to the games on Thursday? And I'm like, well, I'm credentialed. I'm going to be going. But I didn't want to say, dude, Gonzaga and UCLA and then Arkansas, I think, will travel. And, you know, you kind of have a decent amount of people there. And this is one of those events, and there's not many. This is one of those events that I think Vegas locals will actually buy some tickets if they can get them. Yeah, I think that's the issue. It's 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 nuts, and it's already sold out. I mean, it was. I looked. I looked at the end of last week. I just happened. You know, I was telling you. Anytime you do a search for a game anymore, the only thing that comes up on the first page of Google 
or how to get tickets. Yeah. Like I just, a lot promoted. of times I'll look like, hey, what's the starting time? Just, hey, how about a game feature? No. Got to click three pages in. We know Gonzaga fans travel. They're nuts. Yep. They come to the West Coast tournament every year. I mean, I would guess they'll, they'll travel at least 6,000. I would think UCLA because it's in within driving range. That that'll be that could be four, four, five, six thousand too. They don't have to go to the game. Yeah, but they're going to try to. Yeah, I'd imagine a lot more fans come than are actually going to the game for sure. They just can't get in. Right. Um, this is awesome. What a weekend for Vegas. And then and then you also come like this is how regionals. I know we haven't had one here before. It's kind of it's a simple thing, but for those that don't know. A lot of people will also come, like Gonzaga fans will come that can't get tickets to Thursday, hope that they win, and that the UCLA fans sell their tickets, and they can actually get in on Saturday. Like That's what that's how a lot of them uh, kind of just hope to go to the town and, and hope that it happens. Now, the w- one thing I'll say, it would have been very cool to have Kansas here, but we're probably – anybody that wants to go to games is probably somewhat lucky that Kansas is not here. That would have been – it's already impossible. That would have been absolutely – you would not get into a game at that yeah. point. So we're fired up to have who here? Who you? Who do you have an interest in watching up close? And who do you not have an interest in watching? Well, it's interesting. I guess that's a wrong way to phrase it, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited about all the teams. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I will, I'll say the the fact that it's UCLA Gonzaga again, uh, not only the rematch from a couple years ago, but I, I believe Thursday is the 17, 17 year anniversary of uh, the classic Gonzaga meltdown. UCLA comeback win so I mean I think there's historical significance and you know to the maybe the two prestige organ or, uh, programs right now on the west coast and Arizona and Arizona you'll see all three are uh, definitely in on almost every west coast player with yeah. their resources sure uh, so that that's and, and Oregon would be the fourth but Oregon hasn't won at the level of the other three recently I think the history Arkansas has with UNLV not only Arkansas's individual rivalry from back in the early '90s, which a lot of people remember, but also Musselman being at Muscleman, Reno, yeah. uh, that's that's interesting. And you know, you've got you've got a Connecticut program with uh, you know a ton of history, a ton you know a ton of ability, and a certain a guy with a certain last name on the bench that um, you know dra- draws a lot of ire to people in Las Vegas as well. So I, I, you know, I I think it's all fantastic. I would say UCLA because it's not fun to watch them. Is the one, if you're saying which one is the least appealing, right? And we just saw them last week, you know, three games here. Well, I'm rooting for Gonzaga or UCLA to win it because I'm tired of hearing or reading stupid tweets from Midwest, South, and Northeast people who have branded West Coast basketball as soft. By the way, I'd and and by the way, you know, I was I, it's funny as I was watching Drew Timmy play, I'm like, do you realize what a god this guy would be playing in the Midwest? Do you realize what those people would they'd love Drew Timmy? Of course. Uh, As a Texas white coming north, sure. But I mentioned the the history with Connecticut and UNLV, or Arkansas and UNLV, and you know Gonzaga and UCLA. Not even mentioning Mick Cronin's history with UNLV. Yep. So I mean the you know the the, the storylines are all there. And you got of a group of coaches who are all at times a little bit sour. Now nah, you know what I won't say Musselman is because he's actually the other way. He's like over the top, freaking giddy. Do we yeah. have to have the shirt off? That's like seven times you've done it, Mus. Enough. Yeah. Don't don't do it here. I guess that's the reason you cheer against Arkansas. I won't root for Hurley, <sighs> so I have, I don't have a team in that on that side. That's that's old Jersey allegiances. Yeah, I guess I would root. I guess I would root. Man, no, I don't like UConn either, so I'm out. I'm is out. there as much as I'm excited about all these matchups and the teams that are here? Is there anybody to root for? I don't think there is. Yeah, there is. There's plenty of teams. There's good stories. Who? Come on, the best story in one of the best stories in the tournament. And only because he always answers the phone when Ari calls him. 
Kelvin Sampson's a great story. No, I mean here. Oh, here? Um, no, I, I don't really have a problem with UCLA or Gonzaga. I mean, I don't I don't my desire to have Cronin? West Coast, a West Coast team. Yeah, but there's like there can be little dislikes in a you know, when you're talking about a team or a school, but there's certain things that then override that. Yeah. I think it's important for a West team to come out of the West region. They have an opportunity here because that narrative of what you know, West Coast basketball is soft is stupid. And don't forget your your Arkansas team slapping phones out of young well, reporters' that's, hands. That's the other one. <laughs> I mean, I assume we're all going to get really close to that. You want to tell the story what you saw? Well, uh, first of all, I've just I've talked myself into hating all four of these teams. I don't even want yeah. I don't want to go to the games anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like any of them. You're all sour. No. Boy, the column this Sunday is going to be murder. You have a pretty large bet on Gonzaga to win the title, so I guess that's who I'm cheering for. But. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've uh, talked myself into not liking any. They're of them. all unlikable. Yeah. Do you want to explain to the audience what happened? Uh, there was a reporter that was that was taping Arkansas coming off the court at the end of the SEC tournament, and the video person for Arkansas just slapped the phone out of the hand yeah. of this reporter. Yeah, and it's on tape, so you can yep. see it. Yeah. So I'll have my phone out. I can't get close enough to this guy. I mean, it's gonna be creepy when you're holding your phone out trying to film him just taking his shirt off. What am I? So you want me to bait Muss at the press conference, like as he's walking out? Take your shirt off! Come on, Muss. No, I'm saying it's creepy if he's taking his shirt off. You got to wait till he's actually clothed. Nah, I'm not concerned about Muscleman. I'm concerned about the other guy who's knocking phones out of hand. Well, the, but the per, the reporter was filming Muscleman, right? Because he was dropping a bunch of f bombs. Yeah. But why? Why you would ever do that in an arena after a game? Like it's it's all fair game. What are Eat you a doing? Battle. Heat a battle. I mean, I guess whatever. Fog I'm a, of war. I'm a sore loser too, so. I've definitely done the uh, the Penny Hardaway thing, where the game ends and Penny just whips a bottle over the head of the referee. Like, I'd, wait, what just happened? Or uh, Matt Painter just breaking the whiteboard? Was it Painter who did that? Well, I assume because I think they didn't they show they showed Jay Wright uh, in studio trying to break a whiteboard. <laughs> he couldn't do it. No, he eventually did it. Because the thing with Painter, he didn't go over the knee, did he? He just squeezed it and broke it. It's tough. Is he stronger than Lily? Could he get up on Stephen Adams' shoulders? Yeah, I don't know if, if Adams could hold him. Then you'd have her like 500 pounds on top of uh, Stephen Adams. That's not going to work. It's a lot. It's a lot of weight to hold up. Good breakdown. Good breakdown of the tournament. Good stuff. Coming up next, uh, <laughs> more tourney breakdown. What do you like more, donuts or Uncrustables? Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. I think like Dunkin' Donuts and all those other places of good donuts. There's no better donut in the world than Krispy Kreme. That's how much time do we have? Because I, I can't just sit here and listen to that. Not without I donuts. I just cannot listen to him talk about that excuse for a donut called Krispy Kreme. Oh, you excuse? Yeah. That is a pedestrian donut. Not a sponsor. You got to go to a small yeah. mom and shop pop to get you some real donuts. Three. Just because they got a light on in a yeah. donut. When yeah. that hot sign come on, yeah. Yeah. I don't care where you're going, your car going to start going that way to that hot sign. That is not safe at all. Oh, look at that. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Studio. Yeah, these sports shows. I might just stick to sports, fellas. Let's not talk food. Come on now. Yeah. That didn't sound like anything about a bracket. I know. What's going on? I don't know. Having fun? Non-sports? That sucks. Guy topic? 
food topic. I did hear someone in the background. They're like, hope they're not a sponsor. But that might have been it was either it was either a paid deal for uh, Krispy Kreme or for the donut joint that uh, Clark Kellogg shouted out in Westerville, Ohio. That was kind of weird. I think we might have taken that well, out. It's just too it much sponsor been, mentionship. I don't think it wouldn't have been Krispy Kreme. They kind of went negative on Krispy Kreme. It was kind of an attack. Uh, but we've seen we've seen some deals that have been inked to, sure. to, to go negative and then fight back that's on a, the other side. That's a Wendy's move. What did Wendy's do? They're, they're, they troll on social media. And oh, they do? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're great. So it's maybe the best Twitter account there is. <laughs> Them and Jimmy Seafood. Jimmy Seafood is very good sure. in Baltimore. Yeah, Wendy's yeah. might be better. Yes. I like I like Jimmy's a lot. It's real good. Too much uh, food stuff to get to today. True. True. Just true. A lot of it. I'm going to say, to answer <laughs> my question a couple so, minutes so ago. Literally, right as you say too many food topics, yeah. uh, our friend Ashley Vice posted a Twitter poll, as you said that, yeah. of uh, what is the best of the Canadian delicacies. I don't even know what, what are they besides poutine. Well, that's the only one that I know of, but I'm, I'm what else clicking is on her poll to see uh, Caesars. I don't know what that is. Poutine, Timbits, or Cherry Blasters. We'll have to look this up. You well, we, we have, uh, you're not here tomorrow. We have Millard on tomorrow. Okay. So we'll find out what cherry blasters are. We have to say poutine is the only one we know? I've never had Uncrustables. Ever? No. I don't necessarily know that you're missing out, but I, there is – it does – they do have a cult following. They do. Yeah. I, I will say this. In the Raiders locker room, they have a very, very strong cult following. Really? Uh, and then there's Who, who's like who's the big backer of the uh, Uncrustables? I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. I, I don't remember exactly what, but there is definitely a group that is just all about them all the time. Hmm. And there are certain media people that then are, oh, they're so good. Like yeah, they're they're fine. In a pinch, like it's a, it's a fine snack. But it's it's nothing. I think you should be going crazy for. I bet you Hondo likes Uncrustables. Uh, here's Barkley talking about these uh, breakfast jelly things, whatever they are. <laughs> well, I will say this. There's nothing wrong with PB&J. I didn't say that. Was. We didn't say anything and, about that. And one of the greatest that. things ever created was those Uncrustables. Oh, my goodness. I, really, I didn't discover yeah. those until very late in life. Well, it's I, like peanut butter and jelly growing up. Yeah. I, and then this dude told me about them. Greg told me about them. And I keep them stacked in the freezer at home. Yeah, I, I love those things. By the way, Clark Kellogg, this is all we had to do? Like, I like Clark, and he's really he's good on basketball, but Clark always seemed like, hey, he was there to be the serious guy, while the clowns who didn't watch college basketball all year just make jokes and poor judgment off of five minutes of watching. I like that they're bringing us out of Clark, because in the, in the donut conversation, Clark just shamed Barkley for, like, 40 seconds, and Barkley just sat there and took it. I enjoyed that. It's a good battle. Good verbal sparring. We wish we had Willie here right now because Willie was really high about two months ago on that whole uh, air fryer PB and J thing, and I still haven't tried it. I, I don't. I mean, I feel like it just becomes an uncrustable. Yeah, but why not make them yourself at home with better bread and cheaper? How, how could you have better bread than the uncrustables? Bread? I don't know. I don't. I. You know what? I shouldn't have said that. I say it all the time. If you don't know what you're talking about, you don't have to speak. That's true, but I, and I, do I think don't. And I don't. I don't know what they even taste like. So how would I even as, assert that it's better bread? I think the uncrustables is more about the, the the peanut butter and the jelly than it is the bread. Okay. 
but yeah, I mean, you could make them yourself. I, it just seems like a lot of work. I don't think it just seems buy the a lot of work. Yeah, you have make a peanut butter jelly sandwich and and pinch the edge. You know, take the crust off and pinch the edge. You're all. It's just so hard to find the right mixture. Like how much peanut butter, how much jelly, and then you put too much. Well, just whatever you butter. do on a normal PB and J, you do it on this. What do you mean it's hard to find the right mix? I'm talking about that. That's what I'm saying. Okay. A, a normal one. And then you put the peanut butter on, and then you put the jelly. Like ah, there might have been too much jelly. Now more peanut butter. And then you try to scrape some off, and then you just can't find the right. How about you just roll the dice? Why don't you take a chance? I'm out. Take a chance. I'm I'm out. I'm just out. We're basically everything we talk about today. We're just talking you into not liking it. If you didn't like it, kind of like you don't like UCLA, you barely like Gonzaga, you don't like Arkansas. I would love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's just I can't. UConn's out. Like I'd order one if it had at a restaurant where somebody like a a appropriately trained chef put the right amount of each of the things on there. Like I'm for that. Mm -hmm. But trying to gauge how much to put on is the that's the challenge. Uh, another food story today. I have no idea what you're talking about here, and I chose not to listen to it. I'm like, I'm just going to put it on the rundown. I don't know what's ha- what what master's menu. Why is Gronk involved? What is the story? We made an appearance at a golf tournament. Okay. Oh, like this is what he would do. I thought he was actually making it. I'm like, don't they no. let the winner make the menu? No, they asked him what his menu would be if he okay. won the I thought there was like some kind of sponsorship now. There, you know, there's a celebrity partner who makes the menu. No, they asked him, hey, what would your menu be? And he actually wasn't sure of the question, but he just dove right in and gave his menu. But I did meet Shooter McGavin before, actually. And yeah, if you ask me, he's the number one most professional golf guy I ever met. Shooter! <laughs> and then the Masters, they do a champion's dinner where the champion gets to pick his menu. If you could do that, what, menu, what would your menu be? My menu would be cheeseburgers, chicken finger subs, uh, buffalo wings with blue cheese on the side. And, of course, my lovely ice shaker right here with an ice-cold beverage inside. Just getting a little tipsy at all times, baby. Okay. <laughs> Where do we start? He also went on to say, is that what you meant by menu? <laughs> he didn't know. He, just, he went with it anyway. He didn't know what that, if that's what he was supposed he's to do. He's not stupid. He sounds sure. stupid, but he's not stupid. Sure. He plays stupid. Uh, I would say man. that's got to rank in the top three of all time master's menus, right? Except for the blue cheese. No, you like blue cheese. It's the only, I always yes. get confused on this. Blue cheese is the only way to have wings. Hmm. If you order ranch with your wings, it's, you know, I know the uh, the Joey Diaz line we can't say here, but uh, he's correct. It's like one of the, the only things he's correct about, the comedian. Uh, but, yeah, blue cheese is the way to have a buffalo wing. If you have ranch, you're not. it's not a buffalo wing. It's whatever garbage you're consuming. Blue cheese is what goes with wings. Chicken fingers up, yeah. Who doesn't like that? Three six four eleven hundred. We got two tickets to go see George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Fifty years of rock tour, March twenty fifth, Pearl Palms this weekend. You can grab your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. Caller seven. Uh, a little later, we'll get to one of the local stories of the day, and that is UNLV having both of their Keyshawns go into the transfer portal. Keyshawn Hall, big freshman, six eight two fifty. And Keyshawn Gilbert, who showed a lot of improvement this year, had a tough time in the second half, but he's also gone into the portal. Are you surprised? Uh, no. Really? Even with Gilbert? I mean, the writing was on the wall at the end of the year for whatever reason. I mean, that was it was pretty clear where he stood. Yeah. There, there was times during I, – I would venture to say if he played more, they would have still been playing. But for whatever reason, they – 
Right, we're gonna, not to. We want to get into this because I know you're very strong on on Keyshawn Gilbert. Um, yeah, if you had told me that this year's team would have three people going to next year before they added, I'd be like, sounds about right. And that's that's assuming they can get uh, Luis Rodriguez to come back for another year. But him and Shane Noel and beyond that. If Jordan McCabe can, just, can get his seventh year? <laughs> seventh year, yeah. He's, he's I mean, you have a lot of guys who had exhausted their eligibility yeah. with Parquet. And as you mentioned, with McCabe, with Harkless. I think they should keep Mooka around. I like Vic Iwako, but we'll see. Like I said, if it's if it's two or three total or four, that wouldn't shock me. Yeah. And it's kind of where college basketball is, but yeah, they were in a unique situation where they had a lot of new guys that didn't have much eligibility left. Join Cofield and Company live every Thursday at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Weekly giveaways and awesome game day food and drink specials. Thursdays, 3 to 6 p.m. at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Only baseball announcers can go on a rant and sound that smooth. And, and then the best part about it is uh, D-Bax sounds like D-Bags. So it sounds like John Miller, the Giants announcer, is just calling the Arizona franchise D-Bags. Oh, I thought that was you on one of the Lady Rebel broadcasts. No, I wouldn't. Talking about Wyoming. No, no. I, would, I don't even know what that means. Um, I don't know, just made up a team. It was very smooth. It was very smooth. And I kind of like it because the now we know the D-Bags are, Diamondbacks are cheap when it comes to everything else off the field. Like, they won't field a roster for any amount of money. I don't know how they're selling tickets. Like, hey, it's Major League Baseball. Come out. We're never going to win. We can't afford it. So they can't afford to uh, send a PR person on the road. It's expensive. Okay. It's expensive. It is. <laughs> John it's Miller. It's Hall of Fame announcer. But it's also so pissed during spring training decides to spend a minute and a half talking about it. It is also, you know, in spring training, a lot of people, if you don't know, that, you know, they have split squads. So yeah. they sent just a ragtag crew of their split squad. And obviously the PR and staffers were with the main team. Right. Well, you can send one person to bring over a roster. You would think so. Maybe you can ask a couple of questions too, or you would think maybe, maybe the Diamondbacks look at split squad spring training games like pretty much every non-American baseball player looks at spring training, and it's been echoed or shown in the World Baseball Classic. Clunky, terrible segue, but these guys really care, and I think the Americans are getting very much into it. Uh, no one bothered to ask. Most of the Americans, but they did try to make it into a ethnic thing last week because Edwin Diaz got hurt. The Mets closer, he's out for the year. Then you had other Latino players say, you know what? This is more this World Baseball Classic playing for my country is more important to me than Major League Baseball is. Whoa, whoa. You're not allowed to say that. So Levitard was talking about it a couple of days ago. We can springboard off of this because uh, Keith Olbermann got involved. It's James Stugatz, the United States team. This isn't about even Latin stuff. He's saying he's never heard a sound in his life like the sound he heard when he hit a grand slam and that it's the best moment of his baseball life. But Oberman's not wrong that these teams cannot be happy that they are paying these <laughs> players millions of dollars. And if you amp up the emotions, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's more likely that someone gets hurt if we're playing at the height of emotion. Was Stugatz listening? Why was he laughing at all that? That was like a impassioned, impassioned rant. But he was talking about Trey Turner. So Turner's just been awesome for USA. He's got 10 ribs. I think he's got four home runs. They're in the final. And the Oberman comment 
Uh, he had tweeted middle of last week. He said, uh, first Freddie Freeman, now Edwin Diaz, talking about injuries. WBC is a meaningless exhibition series designed to get you to buy another uniform to hell with the real season. Split up the teammates based on where their grandmother's doinked. Call it off now. And then a bunch of people got all mad at Keith Olbermann, so, which is his goal. Sure. Get people fired up and thinking and rea- reacting and responding. Like and if you watch, and I haven't watched a lot of it, if you watch, you get it. It is a big deal. It's awesome. Yeah. Why, why shouldn't Americans be into it? Uh, a I, I, lim- I'll say that uh, yeah. real quick. I was watching, I uh, believe it was U.S. Venezuela two nights ago, Friday night. And uh, I, I had it kind of on the corner while I had some, some baseball on, or some basketball on. And the Venezuela pitcher got a strikeout in the seventh inning. And I was like, oh, man, U.S. must, must have lost. He, I mean, he celebrated like they won the World Series. Yeah. And then they come out to play the next half inning. I said, wait, wait a minute. That wasn't the end of the game? I, I love the emotion. And by the way, the Americans are now getting caught up in it. And they're they're celebrating like crazy, too, which is fun. USA's in the final after they beat Cuba? In yep. Miami. Uh, yep, they blew them out yesterday. Uh, 12-2, I believe it was. It was like 35,000 people. I'm sure the stadium personnel are like, what the hell is Tonight, this? Tonight, Japan, Mexico. Japan's Actually a favorite, start, huh? Starting right now. Oh, yeah. I believe Japan has been to the final of the previous two. 